We are here live at OTR Solutions HQ. I'm here with my partner, Jonathan. Man, listen, factoring is an integral part of the transportation industry. Why is factoring important? Absolutely, Ramel. In this economy, in this market, cash flow is king. Cash flow is the key to growth. If you have a young trucking company or if you've been in the industry for years and you want to take that business to the next level, we're absolutely a company that can help. So I hope you'll give us a call today. Let us know what we can do to help you out. Get the rest and roll with the best. Let's go. Turn my mic up. Take there. Yeah, yeah, uh. On the road to the riches. Life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. All right, all right, all right. Hustle fam, hustle fam. We are back with another amazing episode. And today I'm here with my good friend, Mr. Dan Rice from Manifest. Uh, one of the major conferences in our industry. Dan, what's going on today, sir? Not too much. Just, you know, enjoying a little Happy New Year time with the kids being back in school. Uh, everyone's back in the office, so it's nice and quiet here. Just uh, crunch time right before the show. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. As you said, I know this is crunch time. We have the big show coming up. February, what is what is those dates? Uh, it's February 5th to the 7th. February 5th to the 7th. This is our third, third, third manifest? Sure. Third Manifest event. Uh, as you guys know, if you haven't, if you have been under a rock for the last three years, man, Manifest is one of the major, major uh, industry events um, for, for, for transportation and logistics, uh, tech and so forth and so on. So we want to kind of talk about events today, man. You know, we do our event Freight Fest. You guys do Manifest. You guys do an amazing job there. And you are one of the uh, instrumental parts and in putting that show together. So definitely wanted to talk about manifests, what's coming up, what people can expect. But I also wanted to kind of get into the economics and what goes into, um, you know, creating a show such as Manifest um, at such a high level. So let's talk about it. first before we get started. Let's talk about your background, man. How did you get involved with Connective and get involved with Manifest to begin with? Well, going a little bit back in history, um, I have no background in supply chain whatsoever. I actually, uh, my claim to fame is I dropped out of college when I was studying business during a supply chain segment because supply chain is boring. <laughs> and here we are. But um, my background, aside from being in the military, uh, after that, I worked mainly in like hospitality, customer service, uh, really ex customer facing sales roles. Um, more so in like restaurants, hotels and such. But I really wanted more of that work-life balance. And eventually I answered a job ad for another event company that uh, you and I both know that uh, ran another event, um, landed there in around 2012, helped launch a show uh, in supply chain and transportation uh, for that company, ran it for about eight years, uh, just grew it year over year over year. And at that point I started looking at what, uh, well, one, I really fell in love with the industry at that point too. I loved bringing people together, loved the networking aspect, loved, loved walking into an expo hall on setup day and thinking that I helped bring this all together. It's a great feeling. I'm sure you feel that too when you walk in the, into Freight Fest. For sure. For uh, sure. So everything's going great. I just wanted to do more with where I was in the industry. I was looking at some of the other big ones out there, like your shop talks, your CESs. I wanted to do something experiential on that level. Manifest came along. Manifest used to be known as the Future of Logistics Summit. It was a boutique event put on by a VC out of Miami, uh, invite only with about 500 or so logistics tech startups and investors and some enterprise. 
uh, Connective acquired them in 2019 and rebranded as Manifest. So Future Logistics was a marketing partner of mine at my previous company. I reached out to my friends over there to say congrats. And actually, I wanted to pitch them on my own event idea in the corporate wellness space. And they're like, yeah, that's great and all, but come join us instead and do Manifest. And here we are. So just took a chance, you know, left a job where I had a you know guaranteed paycheck, benefits, the whole nine with a newborn at home at the time to join a startup and, you know, knock on wood. I mean, everything just really just clicked. We have a fantastic team. You know, Jay's a great leader, a great visionary. And we just looked at how can we take logistics and supply chain to the next level? How can we keep on raising the bar, not just for our sector, but for how events in that sector are perceived too. And that's what we continue to do while we continue to evolve the event year over year. Got it. I love it. So for people who may not know, what is Manifest? If you could put it in a few words, what is the Manifest event about? So Manifest is the only event that really covers the end-to-end supply chain. So we're talking about everything from manufacturing and procurement all the way through the last mile and everything in between, be it middle mile or over the road, warehousing, port ops, drayage, rail, air. So there's a lot of events out there that each one kind of touches on one piece of the puzzle. We're connecting all the dots. But Instead of talking about how can we just get a box from point A to point B faster and cheaper, we're talking about all the technology that's really evolving the entire sector, robotics, autonomous vehicles, sustainability, a key one now, diversity and inclusion. I mean, there's an entirely new generation coming into leadership in this entire industry, and we want to celebrate that. Um, uh, machine learning, AI, because AI is a new blockchain. So just, just all the new technologies that are transforming supply chains. So that's what Manifest is about. At our core, we're a tech show. So putting the spotlight on the startups, putting the spotlight on the new technologies, really curating every piece of the show, the speakers, the sponsors, the exhibitors, to, to really create that journey for our attendees that they can really discover some exciting new technologies at Manifest and see where the industry is going. Got it. So connecting the industry from end to end, but from a tech perspective, just featuring where the industry is going, basically. Yep, that's exactly it. No, I love it. I love it. And when you went, well, when Connective acquired Manifest, how how large was the show at that time when it was Future and Logistics? You said about 500 people? I'd say about 500 or so people. Okay. And in your first year, you guys were able to grow it to what? Um, so keeping in mind, we, we had lofty goals for year one and then COVID came along because <laughs> we, you know, this is why we can't have nice things. And <laughs> the trade show gods have just been like, hold my beer. I mean, we had COVID, right. we had recession, Silicon Valley bank, more recession. I mean, next it'll be like murder hornets coming back again. Who knows? <laughs> not um, the hornets. Not the hornets. <laughs> but, uh, we ended up having over 1400 attendees for our first year. Got it. Got it. And that was your first year out. So you basically doubled in size or really tripled in size. Yeah, it was a big one. Now, it was a big stressful. But what would you say was the catalyst to that? Uh, Did you just expand the audience or did you just kind of reach out to more people? How did you guys triple in size after that first year after the acquisition? Um, it, It was a number. I mean, a number of us who worked on Manifest, we had a number of previous relationships. 
And Pam, who's our conference chair as well, she has all of her relationships too. So really just amplify those. Got the power of connective behind it as well too. Organic has been really the way we've grown too. I mean, you don't see a lot of advertising for Manifest of so just yelling our praises. It's very organic, very word of mouth. I, um, even when I'm selling sponsorships, it's really just gorilla. It's just grinding and bring a friend, bring a friend. Hey, you know someone? Well, why don't we bring them too? So it's capitalizing those relationships and it just keeps on growing because if you invite one person and that one person invites two people and each of those two people invite two people, et cetera, et cetera, it just keeps on growing that way. That compound effect, right? So yeah. so when it was Future Logistics, it was in Miami, correct? In Miami, correct. Florida. So what, what made you guys move to Vegas? Uh, all the events that Connective owns are in Las Vegas, whether it's Blueprint, which is a real estate show, uh, HR Transform, which is our HR event, uh, our original show, uh, Insure Tech Connect, which was our biggest. Um, so all the events that we own uh, are held in Las Vegas. Uh, it's a combination of ease of travel, especially from international locations, captive audience, things to do where you don't really have to leave. So everything's right there for you. Got it. Outside of those things that are kind of obvious. I mean, obviously, Vegas is like a party town and people love to go to Vegas, Vegas. So it's a reason to travel. Are there any other uh, business reasons why you would have a host a conference in Vegas? Uh, I mean, those are really the main ones. You know, it's it's a known entity. They know how to work with events. Uh, and look, I've been to events all around the country. Uh, I love going to shows in Chicago. Uh, one of my favorite cities, except for this time of year. Uh, you know, I've, I've been to events in Nashville and in Texas and Florida. Uh, it, it's really the combination of just Vegas being that known center of the universe for events. You know, CES does their big show there. Shop Talk does their big shows there. Money 2020, Health. Like, we want to be aligned with that as well, too. Got it. So when you bring a new show to Vegas, <laughs> what, what does that kind of entail? Like, you, you know, you're, you're pitching this show to Vegas. I mean, obviously, you have to have the, the financial wherewithal to be able to, you know, handle it. But are, are there any other things that, you know, had to go into, like, saying, hey, we're bringing this show to Vegas. This is what we're looking to do. This is what we're planning what does that look like to, to like those large uh, convention halls? I mean, th that's a bit outside of my scope. So there's only so much I can really get into on that because I, I don't touch that at all. So I don't want to speak out of turn. Uh, it's really just about going to them because we're not pitching them. I mean, they want, they, they want the business. So we're going to them with our needs, our plan, the, the kind of scale we're looking for, the experience we're looking for, the dates we're looking for. And I'm sure there's a number of other factors that play into that, which, again, I'm not in a loop on. <clears throat> and we go with which ticks the most boxes. Got it. Got you it. Know, okay. And also what's right for, <clears throat> excuse me, the show at the time. You know, year one was in Paris. So it was a good location. The, the Paris, that is. Good location. Not overly big, but big enough. Year two, we had half of Caesars Forum. Year three, we have all of Caesars Forum. We have over 200,000 square feet of Expo. And um, 2025 through 2027, we've booked the Venetian already. So mm -hmm. we're moving there for three years. So we're looking to grow. We could have went to Venetian in year two, but we decided it's a jumping from, I want to say, somewhere around 85,000 square feet to over 300,000 square feet. That's taking on a lot of risk also. So we want to be mindful of what's realistic and, you know, 
I need sleep all. I need sleep once in a while too. <laughs> For sure. So basically you're projecting how large you feel the show is going to be in, and based on that size, you're going to go to those uh, halls, uh, the Venetian and so forth, the ones you just now kind of named. Uh, yeah, pretty much. It's, it's really to see what's going to, what's going to fit us best. Got it. You know, got it. How, can best, you know, how can we best grow the services they offer? There, there's a lot. Again, there's a lot that goes into it. So I'm not going to get too in the weeds on that because I, I don't want to step on other people's toes as well. Got it. No, I, I totally understand. Um, so let's kind of get into your wheelhouse a little bit. So when you kind of, you know, were you there from year one when connected? Yes. So you were there from year one. So in in kind of building this show out, what was your um, how did you look at in terms of monetization? Obviously, you have sponsorships, you have ticket sales. Like, what are you guys thinking about when you kind of go into how you monetize a conference? Uh, I mean, the biggest chunk of money is going to come from sponsorship and booth sales, obviously. Uh, our tickets, as you've probably seen, they're, they're also priced uh, in a way to really attract a higher level audience, too. And that, that's really what Connective and, and all of our events are for. It's really targeting your VPs, your C-suites and providing that white glove experience to them. So the prices play into that as well and providing the food, the entertainment, which we'll talk about the entertainment shortly because I'm sure it's <laughs> on everyone's mind. Sure. Uh, but on sponsorships and you've seen the way the expo is set up, it's we're building these activations for sponsors. We're providing that white glove level of service. So we're pricing things accordingly because we want to bring them value. We want to bring them an experience. We want to raise the bar to what their expectations are too. Um, when I'm selling, I want to know that I'm providing the best experience, the best level of service I can to my sponsors because that relationship is key to us, whether it's someone who's simply purchasing a 10 by 10 booth versus someone who's spending, you know, in the six figures, they're all created equally in our eyes uh, that we want to keep them coming back because those sponsors are the ones who are paying to keep the lights on and for the show to exist. That's right. That's right. Were a lot of the same sponsors from Future Logistics, did they come back to support Manifest in that um, year one? Yes. And a number of them grew as well. There were, there were some that were there, and then we obviously uncovered more and more. And there's some sponsors who tried us in year one and even in year two and realized it wasn't a fit for them. And that's okay. That that's I think that's one thing that a lot of – salespeople in general have a hard time kind of wrapping their heads around that it's not for everybody. Like I don't need to sell to every single person I speak to. Mm. Would my, pay, would my paycheck like that? Sure. But <laughs> I've turned away probably about a third of the companies that I've spoken to by telling them we're not the right fit for them or vice really? versa. Because look, if you spend money with us to put up a booth, which costs you X number of dollars plus thousands more to set everything up and whatnot, just to realize that, hey, it's a totally wrong audience when I could have told you that already, no one's going to win from that. I'd rather you buy a ticket to attend or just respect that I'm not just trying to get money from you because that's going to add a lot to my credibility and the, the respect that we have as an event too, that we are just a money grab. We want to make sure that the right people are in the room. No, I love that. I think that's I think that's super important. So how how does that conversation kind of go? Like when you when I guess because you, you're you, you guys like kind of vetting each other. You're, you, you, you guys are going through a series of Q&A and like kind of like what questions are you asking to make sure that they are the right fit for Manifest? 
I mean, a lot of that also just comes from experience. You know, I've been in this space now for going on 14 years. So just looking at their website, I can generally have an idea of who is or isn't a right fit just on a first impression. But oftentimes, uh, sometimes someone will change my mind too or, or change that perception, which is great. Um, I don't go into a conversation with assumptions of you are uh, many times that yes, they are the right fit, but if someone, I don't think they're the right fit, but I'm open to being convinced. Um, there was one I spoke to recently, uh, and you would probably know them too. Iron Mountain. I do. The document shredding people. Yep. For sure. They bought a booth at manifest. Wow. Why? Well, why is, it, why is a document shredding company want to buy a booth at Manifest? Yeah. Well, I, I would assume that they're just looking at that. They want to see the technology or maybe they're moving. Maybe they have new technology that we don't know about. We probably see them as just a document shredder. And maybe they're they're doing more than that. Right. And or the way they're doing it. Right. And they and just want to like kind of there. that. So there are three PL. Just people don't really know about it. Gotcha. They want to change that perception. They have a whole separate business unit for 3PL. And that's why they're coming to manifest. Oh, wow. They want, yeah. So I went in there thinking, why the hell are you here? Do you want to shred paper? <laughs> I mean, do you want to shred things for? I mean, like, so I, I appreciate that. There's others I've spoken to that I'm, I'm not going to name names, but that, that yeah, I've spoken yeah. to that they're, they're not the right fit. And I've been to a number of other shows that you and I have both been to these same shows that I've walking the floor and thinking, okay, there's a number of folks there that might not be a fit, whether it's because they're not going to add value to our attendees or that we don't have the right attendees for them. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. We have plenty of other folks out there. There's plenty of other companies out there that make up this ecosystem that there's enough shows for everyone. Yeah, I got it. I got it. How how do you when you're I mean, in this landscape, there's so many different shows, right? Like there's, um, you know, like some organizations out there like nonprofit. And then there's like, you know, some of the for profit shows or whatever. Um, how do you how do you guys go about like when you're when you're kind of pricing your your shows and and um, for, for sponsorship and also attendance? Like, how, how do you look at that? So, I mean, another thing that's playing into that is you're looking at your food and beverage buzz budget. You're, you're basically figuring out like a cost per person, a cost per square foot, uh, the venue costs, what we can and can't include in booths, what the experience that we want to provide to, and just breaking that down into what are our goals, you know, what's our, what, what's our profit goals, what's our break even, et cetera, and setting kind of a high, medium, and low uh, our revenue goal for ourselves of what we want to hit. And obviously I want to hit the high one. Um, <laughs> in some, some years it's more challenging than others, but um, so it, it's just really breaking it down and finding that balance. But in year one, I also learned something really interesting from Jay, which kind of helped me flip the script a little bit. And that's the profit's not the most important thing, which like, Wait, I'm a sales guy. You know, I want the profit. I want. I want to get paid. Right. But he, he really had me thinking about the experience that we're providing too. And we definitely gave some things away in year one because we wanted to build a name for ourselves. We wanted people to come and try us out. We wanted to show the world who we are. And obviously, that's been tightened up a little bit over the years. But it's just saying, okay, where 
when is it appropriate to make a concession? And I've even got to that even as recently as like in the past few weeks to to our leadership to say, hey, I think we need to cut this company a break or let's do this one a favor because I think that they're going to add value to the show. Maybe they can't afford X, Y, Z, but I think we should give it to them anyway because it's going to benefit the show floor. Mm, got it. Got it. It's thinking it's, it's going beyond just the dollars and thinking how will this benefit the, the, the show, the, the experience at the show? Got it. Got it. Got it. Who, who, what shows do you look at for inspiration? Cause I know Manifest um, is a show that I look at for inspiration, right? So what, what shows, what shows do you guys look at for inspiration and like, who, who do you think is doing it right and doing an amazing job of scaling conferences? Uh, I think the folks at Hive Group, the ones who who own Shop Talk and Grocery Shop, are doing a great job. Uh, since they're they're in, and uh, Anil and Simran, the founders of Shop Talk, they're brilliant. I know them well. Uh, I respect the hell out of them. Uh, the folks behind Health and Money Twenty Twenty as well too. They just do amazing jobs with their exhibition, with their overall theme. You could say that you walk in there and it's an experience, and that's really like the shows that we as a company look at, especially. Hell, we're good friends with the founder, with the founders of both, and looking at them and how can we mimic that for our sector? Um, everyone could say CES, of course, but that's an entirely different animal. Mm. Um, you know, I look at your your shows of scale, like your Promets and Modexes too, and I've met them uh, when we won some industry awards recently. We were at the awards dinner with the Modex folks. You know, they're talking about their their industry awards and SEMA as well. Uh, same thing. It's just attracting so many people too but seem as it both b2b and b2c so it's a bit, a bit more nuanced there um but me i look at exciting expo so i look at your shop talks your grocery shops your ces's so th- those are really where i want to see manifest continually grow into to, to be looked at like that how large is ces like ten thousand plus right i think it's, I, I think it's over a million is it that big I've never personally been. I want to go, but it's CES. What does that stand for again? What is that? Uh, The Consumer Electronics Show. Okay, got it, got it. There's one that I was looking at the other day called Web Summit. Have you ever heard of that one? And like Portugal, something like that. Yeah, I think they're like close to like a million too. Yep. There's also uh, Mobile World Congress as well. Yeah, man. So those are the big ones. So okay, so you would like to get manifest to that level where you're like, there's a million people there at manifest. I don't know. I mean, Do do you see that for manifest? I don't know if that's realistic uh, because, again, CES, anybody can – it's not an industry-specific show. It's, right. and this is not to knock them at all. It's an entirely different model. I mean, Gary Shapiro, the, the president of, uh, of the Consumer Electronics Association, brilliant, brilliant person. Um, but it's an entirely different model, so we, we can't compare. I love to get us to that 10,000, that 20,000-person show, but really being like those leaders of industry and – not just retail, but, you know, your CMAs are there, your Mersks are there, your MSCs, like all your, your leaders in industry are coming to manifest because it is the place where technology and innovation really kind of come together for, you know, the next iteration of supply chains. Are, are you able to get there and still maintain your price point? Like still maintain that high ticket and still be able to, at 10000 do you think? I mean, that, that's the exercise we're going through right now. But I mean, that that is the goal. And our insurance event before we we sold that was like that as well too. They had, I think, um, 2019 was the last year that we owned it, and I was there at the time. 
And I think that they had around 14 or 16,000 attendees and they're still at that, that higher price point. Got it. Got it. That's amazing. What What are some of the biggest challenges with, with selling an event? Talk, talk about that. Cause I know I have tons <laughs> I can talk about. So what, what are some of yours? Um, <laughs> I mean, shockingly enough, it's people who have never heard of us like mm. manifest already, but <laughs> no, everyone's going to come to that. It's their first time. They want to check it out. Um, other ones, it's the common one is we want to see the attendee list. Well, we don't give out attendee lists. You know, we right. will list out the companies who are attending, but we don't give out a, a contact list because we also really care about data privacy. Got it. Um, you know, we don't want the CEO. That, so I thought I was the only one who got that, that let me see the attendee list one. <laughs> oh no, everyone gets it. It's, you're not special. Everyone gets it. I thought I was special. Um, <laughs> look, price point obviously is, I mean, we, I don't want to say we are the highest price out there. I'd say we're fairly in the middle, uh, middle to higher. And so it's overcoming that too, that why are we charging this? You know, what are we giving for this? And that's because we don't just want a sea of 10 by 10 booths. We want people to do more and step out of their comfort zones and, and step up. And I'm constantly thinking of new ideas, some good, some pretty bad, of uh, sponsorships that we can offer year over year. Like, I've got a list of ones that our team rejected of, hey, we should offer this. We're not giving manifest <laughs> tattoos. Not <laughs> no, you 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 are so creative when it comes to sponsorships, man. Like, do you do all that? Or are you like taking the are you finding those in different places and just kind of aggregating them? Like, where do you find these sponsorship ideas? I mean, it, it's whether it be mine or our team's ideas, we all kind of come together. We were just in Miami actually at a pre-show team meeting, just brainstorming of new ideas for next year or improving on existing ones, expanding on them to for new offerings. Um, additionally, going to other shows. I mean, you go to other shows for the experience for, hey, this show had a really great idea. I'd love to do that. We are here live at OTR Solutions HQ. I'm here with my partner, Jonathan, man, listen, Factor is an integral part of the transportation industry. Why is Factor important? Absolutely, Ramel. In this economy, in this market, cash flow is king. Cash flow is the key to growth. If you have a young trucking company or if you've been in the industry for years and you want to take that business to the next level, we're absolutely a company that can help. So I hope you'll give us a call today. Let us know what we can do to help you out. Get the rest and roll with the best. Let's go. Um, there's one I saw that I'm currently trying to convince a team on, and that's, uh, rather than traditional, say charging areas, you just plug in your devices, but instead having bicycle powered ones, you plug in your device and you pedal a bike to charge it up. <laughs> I like that. It's a work in progress. You know, yeah, we've yeah, got the yeah. Boston lounge. They won't let me have my cat cafe because they don't like cats. I get it. <laughs> don't trust them. Um, Disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, like a good cat, but we're, we're just trying to think like, what's different or maybe I'll have an idea and then I'll bounce off the team. They'll say, you know what? That's okay. But let's think about it this way. And they'll change the way I'm looking at it. Like, okay. And that makes a whole lot of sense. And we just roll with it. So, um, do you, do you guys, okay. So what was the question I was going to ask? I just forgot. Um, I had a question and I lost it. So I'll just re, re reset. Um, okay. This with the sponsorships, because like I said, you guys come up with super cool sponsorships and I'm always thinking about new ways. Oh, that's what I was going to say. How do how do some of the the uh, 
the the vendors and, and sponsors react to some of like the creative sponsorships like do they like like what is this man like how am i going to get the return on this particular sponsorship and like you have to kind of sell them on it like how does that work when you're kind of pitching different types of sponsorships so it also depends on if they are the right company for that sponsorship too at it we don't just want to sell to them just because they want the big shiny thing. It's got to make sense for them too. Um, there, there's, you know, we, we've had new ones as well too, but like we have, for example, this year, a style studio on the show floor. It's a combination of a salon and barbershop on the show floor. So men can get a bit of a, a touch up or a shave. Women can get a styling or a 15 minute manicure or makeup. And the company who's doing that one, uh, U-Ship, it's, their specialty is kind of weirdly shaped freight, or they call it ugly freight. Oh, well, this is perfect. We're changing the perception of ugly freight, giving it a fresh new look. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. That's cool. Um, you know, the mocktails are my favorite because as a sober person, I mean, it's hard enough to find something non-alcoholic in Vegas. So that was a, that, that was one I was really championing from day one uh, when we first launched Manifest as, look, I hate going to a show. My options are really bad O'Doul's or, you know, seltzer water. So let's do better. And people appreciate that because I'm not the only non-drinker there. So we have some fun with it. And T-Mobile sponsoring it this year and they're loud and they're fun and they're bold. So we're going to have fun with it. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, the puppies, I mean, it's the puppies. That's like, always a hit. I don't even just, I don't know. Yeah. Nothing, nothing to say there. <laughs> the puppies. I mean, you know, we're, we're going to have a lot of fun this year. I, I think, I mean, with some new activations, you know, we have the spa, we have the, the coffee lounge. It's open all day, which is always a big win for folks to the, the, the rosé all day for the wine, you know, for the wine bar, and that's a real big part of it that we're spending so much on these activations, but because the experience is something that you can't get anywhere else. Mm. Uh, and that's what even until we get into the, 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 the food, the parties, the concert at the end, which I'm sure, you know, you remember the last, you know, the last oh, yeah. one we had. Mr. Nelly, right? Nelly was last sure. year. Yep. So how are we going to top Nelly this year, man? Is, has it been announced uh, yet? I mean, we are thinking about Nickelback. Okay. But, okay. Uh, okay. Thinking about it. <laughs> well, we went with Neo. Neo. All right. Neo. Good. Good R&B. Okay. I love it. I love yep. it. I love it. Who, 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 who decided on Neo, man? How'd you, how'd you guys land on uh, Neo? We talked about a few different acts. Uh, I don't think I can name like who the runners up were. Yeah. But, uh, and, you know, Neo was a good contender. Uh, you know, recognizable hits. In the budget because still gonna have a budget i mean there's you know we're, we're not the taylor swift budget yet okay so we're <laughs> for sure for sure not not you know, not yet soon well, well one day we'll have like beyonce and taylor at manifest one of these oh, days that would be crazy <laughs> that would be crazy for sure that'd be crazy. i mean look wu-tang's doing a residence now in vegas so you never <laughs> they know do have a re they do have a residence and and you guys are throwing it uh during the super bowl too so it's gonna be like everybody's gonna be there ready well, you know, someone's going to win tickets to the Super Bowl at Manifest. I heard about that. What's going on with that? Uh, so we're uh, we're doing the big game giveaway because we don't want to get sued. So um, somebody at Manifest is going to win two tickets to the Super Bowl, uh, airfare credit, five nights in a hotel, spending money, and a three-hour VIP pregame party. Nice. It's going to be announced on site um, on the second day of the show. Um, 
and anybody can enter to win. We have a number of sponsors that we're going to list out. You could enter at their booths. You could enter up to 15 times. You could enter on the app. So we're, we're going to get weird. We're going to have some fun with it. And we're, we're looking to do something like this now every year. Like maybe we'll do March Madness next year or, or uh, you know, uh, World Cup or the Olympics. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, the runner-up, the runner-up can go to Fire Festival. But, uh, you know, we'll have some fun with it. Got it. Got it. When do you start planning the, the, the next the next year? Is it like as soon as the show is over? Are you like in uh, like the next year? Yeah. Or are you already planning it now? It's already being planned. <laughs> so you're already selling sponsorship for 2020, uh, 2025 now. Uh, no, we're not selling okay. right now. We're just planning. That's that was something that I had to wrap my head around when I joined as well, too. That traditional shows, I'm sure you've seen it as well start selling for the next cycle on site, if not before the current right. show. Correct. We don't do that. I don't even start doing renewals until about a month after the show. Got it. Okay. Well, why is that? My sponsors don't want to be sold to at the show. They're there to do business. That's true. Um, we are going to start the process earlier next year, just to give ourselves more of a, run- a runway, but we're never going to have a giant floor plan on site saying, pick your booth. It's just not our style. Um, if one of my sponsors wants to talk about reserving their spot for next year, we can have the conversation, but we won't do any contracts or anything on site because we, we don't want people to feel pressured when they're trying to execute on a show and don't even know what the ROI is yet to have to sign up for the following year. Got it. And we want them to really enjoy themselves, but we are planning now. A lot of things are going into that right now too. Uh, um, we have another person joining our team because could definitely use a little help. You know, we have some big goals for next year. Um, we also have someone working with us in Europe too, because we want to bring in more representation internationally. Um, maybe there's some goals for expansion at some point, but, uh, we're really getting the process started early. Got it. Got it. And typically what's your retention on sponsorship? Do most of the, do mostly, mostly all the sponsors return? Um, it's always a little weird to calculate because it's, especially this past, there's been a lot of mergers and acquisitions and also some mm-hmm. business shuttering as well too. Um, normally I, I'd like to see like 60 to 70% retention. Um, it can vary a little bit, but rather than just returning, it's also those who are increasing their investment as well too. Got it. You know, I'm not just buying another 10 by 10, but I'm getting a larger booth or I want to do a sponsorship. I realize that, Hey, I want to do more and I want to get more for it too. So it's saying who and how are they stepping up? And that's why we're, we keep on raising the bar for ourselves of, identifying more sponsorships that we can offer maybe some more mid range price points too. Uh, not just putting a logo on a thing, but what can we do that adds value? That's not going to cost an arm and a leg to us or to them. So we can really start bringing more and more folks in on a higher level. Got it. What's your most expensive sponsorship? I mean, there is a, the, the, the keynote sponsorship, which starts at 150 K. Um, but then people do things that, that where where they combine this one, that one, another one, and there are more than a few sponsors that are in for six figures. Mm. Got it. Uh, you know, it's but that really comes to just what's going to make sense for them. Um, my goal is not for them to spend all the money. Of course, I'd like them to, but is that really going to bring them value? I'd rather them spend a little bit less and get what's really right for them versus spend a lot just for the sake of spending a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. And they're going to respect that more too. 
Oh no, hundred percent, hundred percent. How do you? How do you? So somebody spending six figures on a sponsorship, um, how do they see the value in that? How, how do they? Wh what's you typically the ROI for a hundred a, a six figure sponsorship? When it gets to that point, it's not pure ROI driven anymore, too. There's mm. obviously an element of it, but it's also aligning with the message of the show, with the industry, being seen as that leader, and being seen as one of the top represented companies in logistics and supply chain tech. So it's not just about closing deals. It's mm. about showcasing new technology, about showing the different facets of the business. So it's representation and just aligning and seeing the trajectory that Manifest is going and saying, we want to be up here with that. Got it. Now, that makes okay. a ton of sense that just getting that visibility, right? It's not about like a, the, a closing a deal, like you said. How many DHL supply chain, like, like DHL supply chain and Flexport are two fantastic examples. DHL has been with, us, been with us since year one. They've grown with us significantly. And one of the key reasons why is that they wanted to be aligned with the future of logistics. That's exactly what we're doing. Flexport joined us for the first time this year. We were excited to have Ryan Peterson join us on the keynote stage. And they've been following us for a while and said, you know what? We, we're ready to jump in. So rather than going from year one and growing with us, they said, okay, we've watched you. And now we're ready to jump in and jump in big too. Mm. So and it were just some big wins that gives us a lot of credibility too. Got it. Are, do your sponsors are are there more incoming than like outbound, like inbound than outbound, or are you doing like a lot of outreach? Um, I'd say I do a lot. Like I've never been one to rely on inbounds, so I think it's a lot of outbound because anyone in sales knows you create your own destiny. I mean, I reach out to people, I identify prospects because at the end of the day. I want to get paid. I want to build the event. I want to get the right people in the room. And I've chased down some that said, you you know, whether it be going to them, going to their investors, their partners, to say, hey, get me the marketing person or the business person at so-and-so because they absolutely need to be here. Like they're the right fit and they're ignoring me. Help me out here. <laughs> you know, it's no, but looking at who's making who's making news, who's doing something unique. Who is at other events that we think also makes sense over here? Because I don't, I don't just go to other shows and look for just everyone in their show to sponsor Anifest. I'll go and say, okay, cool. There's 20 or 30 of you that really make a lot of sense to join us here too. Let's see what we can do. So it's, it's a combination of inbound and outbound. But uh, I do all my own marketing as well. Uh, we definitely do a marketing support, but I do a lot of my own on that as well too, whether it be identifying folks, you know, writing my own copy, just having fun with it, putting my own personality in the emails, having my cat join me on calls. So. <laughs> got it. Got it. I saw you posted you know, not too long ago on LinkedIn. It was probably about a month or two ago. Um, you just were listing the sponsors, man, just blasting it. I'm like, man, this guy's a, he's a beast, man. Like, what was like There's, over 200 sponsors that you had sold at this point? We we are currently at 301. 301 sponsors. Yes. Wow. So wow. Got, I've got room for a few more, and then we're then we're done. Um, What's your cat? Like, uh, I've got about seven or eight booths left. Seven or eight booths left. So we're definitely yeah. selling out for sure. Yeah, we're selling without, out. Without, without question. 
Look, we're selling off faster than a 90s hip hop star. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. Dr. Dre for churches. But uh <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, man. So, so what do you what do you think? I mean, like, what 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 has fueled that, man? What has been the the thing behind making manifest so popular, making people want to be a part of it? Like, I mean, it's just I a mean, team effort. I mean, we've got an amazing speaker lineup. Like Pam and Tansel just delivered this year. You know, we have, I think one, uh, we have like thirteen, like chief supply chain officers on stage. Uh, you know, over twenty or so, like C suites, if not more, uh, media representation, just big names coming to us. We already have some fortune 500s who have approached us about keynoting next year for 2025. And so it's just putting together a speaker lineup, that curation, just new topics, just that word of mouth and just creating that buzz. Yeah. 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 Definitely. You guys have definitely done an amazing job of creating buzz, man. That's, and that's what it's all about, man. Making people want to be a part of the show. And just having fun with it. I mean, like you see the stuff I post on LinkedIn. It's, it's, that's me. That's my style. Everyone has their own style for doing things. I I think that's so important for anyone in any kind of sales, whether it be a show, whether it be a car, whatever you're selling, it's putting yourself into the product too, that you're not following a script. You're kind of crafting your own journey of this is the way I speak. This is the way I have some fun with it. So letting your own personality come out and really believing in your product too. Not yeah. like in an Herbalife's kind of sense, but like, you know, really just... <laughs> drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, and, you know, it, and you, you do all the sales, right, Dan? Yeah. I mean, we do have, uh, we, we have another, I mean, for the most part, I've done all the sponsorship sales, you know, our, it's a team effort though, in the sense that our content team, our other, team like they send us they send me referrals to or speakers that they also refer over to sponsorship and vice versa but i i i do for the most part the majority of the sales we are bringing on like i said another person for next year um i definitely could use an assist uh just because i i know my limitations and i also want to make sure that we can hit our goals and i'm not being selfish about it what's your sales cycle like how long does it take you to usually close a sponsorship it really varies. I've had some that have done the same day, um, which is very rare. I've had some that have taken some of the bigger ones have taken three, four months sometimes. And, you know, especially if it's like a long legal review process for contracts that some of the larger companies, again, I'll not name names can run into that it's out of their hands, but legal has to do their thing and it takes a while. Um, yeah, I'd say anywhere between like two to six weeks is fair. Two to six weeks. Yeah. It depends on where we are in the cycle too, where they are in their budget. Uh, you know, I will sometimes put on a bit more pressure like now. I am writing people now saying, hey, we're almost sold out. Last chance to get a booth, like in or out versus eight months ago, you know, the messaging would be different too. Yeah. Are you are, are you always saying I'm sold out, or are you just because yeah. you're telling the truth? You're like no, no, I, I'm sold out. You better act. That, out. <laughs> that, no, that, that's my one rule: is I I will not bullshit people. Got it. Like I will I will not do that. I, I don't. There's got to be some ethics behind what you're doing. Like I'll show people the floor plan. I'll tell people if something's a wrong sponsorship for them, or if I don't like how something works for them, because that's going to come back on me. So. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you how do you approach like um 
like I guess like sales um copy and stuff like that like where do you get your ideas from like just to like these email i know you say you put your own personality in it but um these campaigns yeah. you're creating like how do you do, how do you do I mean, it i'm trying to get the sauce here <laughs> chat gpt um <laughs> oh chat gpt absolutely works i i have lots of ideas i'm not great on putting them on paper but i'll definitely write a bad email plug it into some AI to give me some better ideas and just improve upon my thoughts, but then I'll take it and play with it some more. Cause I'll never, you never want to send any kind of AI generated contact cold. It's, it's terrible, but I'll play with it a little bit and I'll send it out there. I'll throw in some gifts some memes because that's just my style. I have fun with it. And uh, I just kind of keep people engaged. Sometimes like I'll use dumb holidays. I've used, National Cat Day, National Fried Chicken Day, like um, just National Pizza Day, just ideas to get people thinking that are a bit kind of not of the norm. You know, mm. what's what's different? Got it. What's 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 a piece of software, a tool that you can't live without when you're selling? Besides HubSpot. I mean, honestly, I use HubSpot, Gmail. And I use a mail merge program called Yam. Yet another mail merge. Okay, that's really it. That that's just a mail merger for Gmail. Which there's a you know a million a million of them like that. I just found that one and I liked it. But uh, you know there's different platforms for data scraping as well too. But that's really it. I mean, I don't use anything fancy. Nothing fancy. Just keep no, yeah. What well, everything is just another tool. I don't really even use HubSpot marketing emails because half the time they don't get delivered. Um, <laughs> That's true. We go to spam. Exactly. So keep it simple. Keep the messaging simple. Get the point across and just have a reason for why I'm emailing. Even if it's a dumb reason, like have a reason for why I'm emailing. Mm. You know, and having some fun with it. Got it. I love it. I love it. So, so what can we... Go ahead, go ahead. So now when you start doing your, your marketing for freight, for freight fresh, just make sure you change the manifest name to freight fresh before you start using my copy. Oh, no, I'm, yeah. I'm just literally going to copy and paste for sure. Of course. <laughs> for sure. Just keep, like you said, keep it simple, right? This, exactly. is, this is what you told me to do. Hey bro, don't fix it. <laughs> what, what can people expect this year, man? What surprises you guys have because you keep on raising the bar, keep on leveling up. Uh, what what can people expect this year? Because I definitely want to make sure that we're plugging the actual conference and, and talking about talking about it. Uh, well, I mean, look, Super Bowl's in town. Neo's performing. We have a, an amazing speaker lineup on, on stage two. I mean, leadership like the CIO, Sally Miller, the CIO of DHL Supply Chain, you know, Ryan Peterson, the CEO and founder of Flexport, uh, to name a few. I mean, C-suites from Foot Locker, from Schneider Electric, Beersdorf, PepsiCo, um, Henkel, Unilever. I mean, there's some major brands on there. Ulta Beauty, Serta Simmons, Dix. Like, there's some uh, fantastic brands on there. One thing that I am incredibly excited for, too, is our women's lunch. Um, you know, Courtney Muller, our president, she spearheads that every year. And it's, it, it's we're known for that, really just elevating women in leadership and supply chain. Um, you know, Ratha Sharad, the CEO and founder of Flavor Cloud, is one of our speakers, as is Lindsay Kaplan, the co-founder of Chief. And she is an absolute rock star. And I'm Oh, super wow. That's dope. She'll be there? Cool. And Chief. So I'm beyond excited for her to join us. Man, that's a crazy lineup, man. 
Definitely, definitely, definitely sounds like some fun. I can't wait, and and I'll be there. You know, you yeah. forgot to mention forgot oh, to mention you, that. You go without you go without saying. <laughs> you forgot to mention that second time in a year, man. I'll be there. You know, enjoying myself as well. But I might jump on the stage with Neo and you know drop a drop a few lines or something. There you go. Go for it, <laughs> for sure, man, for sure. From and 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 this is not your first rodeo. You you work with some other shows. What what's different from some of the other shows you work with? Without naming naming names, obviously, but what makes it different from working with the Manifest team? Um, I think that there's a lot more collaboration going on here, and really thinking about the experience first. Um, less about just pure profit driven, and more about it's okay to spend money to deliver a really great experience. So that's always in front of mind for us, the attendee experience, the sponsor experience, just what are they going to remember? Good food, good entertainment, good programming, not just another rubber chicken dinner or a box lunch from a concession stand, but just little touches that people will remember. I love it, Dan. I know you got to go real quick, plug manifest, let us know when and where it's going to be, when it's going down, and I'll I'll get you out of here. No problem. Well, it's going to be uh, February 5th to the 7th at Caesars Farm in Las Vegas. You know, it's the only end-to-end logistics and supply chain tech show out there. So anyone in any facet of the industry belongs at Manifest. And if you're not there yet, just make sure you reach out to Ramel or myself. And we'll even together, since we live 10 minutes away from each other. Uh, <laughs> That's right. We should be doing this from the same location. We time. really should. We should be like, I should be in the kitchen right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> Wait, what's the word? Oh, man. Listen, Dan Reese, uh, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. You're an absolute rock star, man, at what you do. You know, I, I you know, we always reach out and just ask for different advice and so forth. And, you know, you're amazing, man. Keep up the great work. Hustle fam, make sure you guys are attending Manifest this year. And also make sure you're attending Freight Fest after that, man. We We support each other here. Um, we continue to build each other up. So, Dan, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Yeah, I appreciate welcome. you. And until I see you next time, sir, take care. I'll see you in a month. Talk soon. All right. Be good. All right. If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and hustle. Let's go.